morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throupier, back in the saddle for another magical, mindful Monday morning, friends. Torch Report 379. America is on a collision course. Now, of course, I know that you know that, and you know that most people uh, don't know that, but there are so many things in motion, it's really hard to keep track of it all right so so here goes here goes nothing now here goes nothing i was thinking about that little idiom this morning i looked into it and uh here goes nothing really can mean one of three things it's it can mean uh i i'm not sure i'm gonna i'm gonna succeed but i'm gonna give it my best i'm gonna try uh it can mean i'm gonna crush this but i don't want to seem overconfident it can mean I'm giving it everything I've got because I have nothing to lose. You know, that's where I'm at, friends. If it's, if it's possible to wrap all three sentiments into a single morning report, that's where I'm at today. Uh, that's what I'm attempting to do here. Torch Report 379. America is on a collision course. I looked at what was going on in the headlines. It's going Whoa, you know, it's just, it's too much. You know, there's too many things moving. People cannot keep track of it. It's really important. And as a matter of fact, um, after after I was looking at that, I had a a text come through from a listener up in Alaska, as a matter of fact, that says too much new stuff to keep uh, keep track of. Time to ruminate, regurgitate, and be rid of it all. I thought that was timely. That's a breadcrumb. I got another message this morning from another listener talking about, uh, you know, the breadcrumbs. I was talking about that last week, like these little breadcrumbs of continuity thread throughout all of the insanity at any rate. The point is, friends, our country is on a collision course, but we need to keep that big picture vision, if you will. Uh, we, we do have a date with destiny, but the future has not been written yet. The chickens are coming home to roost. We're about to reap what we've sown, and there really isn't much we can do about it except prepare accordingly uh, and, and have a proper mindset, really. So on that note, over the weekend, I had the opportunity to attend a Lincoln dinner event uh, and and listen to, to hear the vision of three different gubernatorial candidates for Washington state, three different people who are running for the highest position in Washington state. They were there sharing their visions. It was a, a refreshingly patriotic event as Americans of all stripes and colors celebrated their shared love of life, liberty, American culture, traditional family values, etc. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with Lincoln dinner events or Lincoln Day events, they're they're generally uh, annual Republican fundraisers, right? They're they're put on at the local party lab, uh, level, and of course, they're named obviously in honor of Abraham Lincoln, who was the first Republican to be elected as president. Now, of course, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Abraham Lincoln, who abolished slavery, was the first Republican to be elected. But that's it, you know. So the the irony. That Republicans today are being lambasted as by the left as a bunch of racist, bigoted, right wing extremists. You know, it should be easy to eviscerate that with historical fact. But the ignorance is is uh, is astounding, really. But Republicans are the ones who abolish slavery. But. You know, of course, again, the ignorance, it, it just conceals that fact. People don't realize that Republicans are the party of civil rights. At any rate, the, the three Republicans who are vying for support, hoping to be elected to the highest political position in the state, 
They represented everything good about our country. It was just beautiful. One speaker after the other got up. You know, the first up was a black man who was born without civil rights. This is his story. He's telling the story. I was born without civil rights. I was born in a poverty with a, for, uh, with a single mother and like seven brothers and sisters. But he enlisted to serve his country. As a matter of fact, twice. First, he enlisted as a, as a, as a Marine. Uh, then he re-enlisted again as an Army Special Forces Intelligence Operator uh, post 9-11. He was a Green Beret. He's survived multiple combat tours. He went to become went on to become a successful businessman. And in his own words, he is living proof that despite the fact he was born without civil rights, the American dream is very much alive and well. He was an eloquent speaker. He was an inspiring individual. And his name is Semi Bird. I put the link there for you could check out if you're in Washington state, check them out. Okay. The second person who got up to speak was a woman, a woman entrepreneur, no less, who had had the courage and the tenacity to stand up to the state during all of the COVID chaos. And, you know, in this process of standing up, of course, her, her business was repeatedly fined. Her license was revoked uh, before ultimately her, she lost her business. She lost her life's work due to the suffocating oppression of aggressive authoritarian state agencies. This woman who was brave and bold and willing to fight back, who stood strong in the midst of the storm. She was tossing her hat into the gubernatorial race to prove that she could not be intimidated into retreat. Now that's some American spirit, some fighting American spirit. Her message was one of unity, that we need to pull together to slay the beast of bureaucracy. Her name is Laurel Wheat Khan. And again, link there in the report today. Now the third candidate who got up and spoke was a Cuban refugee, a child that was born under the terror of communism, who, who had come to the United States as a young man who couldn't speak English, but he fought and clawed his way to a top-notch education. He earned his BA in microbiology from the University of Miami. He earned his medical degree from New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. And this refugee has since channeled his passion for medicine into founding two medical schools and serving as an ER physician, as well as being the medical director of two different hospitals. His name is Dr. Raul Garcia. Now, Dr. Garcia shared a story. Matter of fact, I want to share it with you here. You know, he, uh, as a kid, they would be told to, in the classroom in communist Cuba to put their head down on the desk and pray, pray for God to give you some candy. And you know what? The kids would put their head down and pray. And guess what? God didn't give them any candy. Then they said, okay, look, put your head down and pray. Ask Fidel Castro to give you some candy. And so the kids would put their heads down and then Fidel Castro would put candy on their desk. Actually, the teachers would put candy on their desk in the name of Fidel Castro. And the lesson there was, you know, God doesn't exist, and there's no higher God than the government who can provide for you, protect you, etc. And it was just, the way he told the story was very moving. How messed up is it to teach kids like that? It's just sick. It's twisted. But his family was fleeing Cuba, uh, came here, and he built himself a very successful life as a doctor. So here we are at a Republican Lincoln dinner, 
And we have a Cuban refugee who came all be, overcame all odds to become a doctor. We have a female entrepreneur who stood defiant in the face of state discrimination. And we had a person of color who was born without civil rights, who nonetheless dedicated his life to fighting for the country that he loves. Now, how is that for an all-American lineup? I mean, it was awesome. It was great to be there. So toward the end of the event, I was invited uh, invited to come up to the stage and help rally the crowd and get people fired up to help pledge support for the organization, uh, the local GOP, the Republican Party, who was supporting these very diverse and highly impressive candidates. And what an honor, you know, to come up on the stage. I was standing there and I'm taking in the, the very colorful tapestry of people of all ages and colors and creeds. I stood up there and I just opened my mouth. I remarked, I said, you know what? I have never been so proud to be in the company of so many racist, right-wing extremists, Christian insurrectionists, and radical domestic terrorists. And of course, the crowd gave a roar. Ah, yeah, yeah, we love to be American. I was in good company. We were all proud to be Americans. Now, let's pivot a little bit here. Because I want, you know, two things simultaneously here. You know, one, I support the local Republican Party 100% despite the nationally corrupt Republican establishment. That's very important. The the local Republican Party, these are the politically active people in the local communities around here who are fighting to make a difference. Rather than just sitting around bitching about how messed up everything is, these are the people who are actually trying to do something about it. They're they're seeking out and drumming up support for liberty-loving candidates, for the school board, for for the governor's race, etc. You know, they're working hard to get out the vote to get people engaged. And I am very, very grateful for their efforts. And we all should be, I believe, wherever you're at, you know, all across the fruited plains, listeners in all four corners of the country and around the world, anybody in your community who's engaged politically, you should appreciate that engagement because their action is the opposite of apathy. And it's really apathy that's destroying our country right now. Now, all of that said, friends, that's that's kind of the positive side of things. And of course, I wanted to share that first to set the stage for how I really feel about things right now. Now, if you've been with me for a while, then you know that I don't really identify as a Republican per se. Okay. In fact, if I was pressed into a corner, you know, a gun against my head, I would flatly reject the national party platform. Okay. I don't stand for everything that the label Republican has come to stand for. Instead, as I've often quipped, if you've, if you've ever read the about page, I like to say I am a fiscally conservative, socially conscious, politically independent thinker with a libertarian bent. I'm an army veteran turned political pundit who presents intelligent counter narrative perspectives via my daily podcast and Substack articles, AKA the torch report, the truth you can trust friends. In other words, if you were to kind of sum that up as a fiscally conservative, socially conscious, politically independent thinker with a libertarian bent, it just means I'm a very opinionated peasant. I mean, aren't we all opinionated peasants? I mean, at least I am. Uh, Anyway, I do believe that if we're just looking at things from the left and the right, Republican, Democrat, then we're missing the other 358 degrees of perspective, people. We got to open up the eyes and, and broaden the scope of consideration a little bit. In my mind, it is absolutely ridiculous to think that we will ever get 330 million Americans to agree on everything, let alone half of that. You know, 100 and, you know, 100 and 
and and uh, 65 million Americans. We're not going to get 165 million Americans to agree on everything. We're not going to get everybody to agree on the party platform. Therefore, we must agree to disagree about certain things in order to work together for the good of our communities, for the good of our states, and for the you know for the good of our country. If we want to secure the blessings of liberty. For future generations, we're going to have to work together with people that we disagree with on certain things. That is a fact. Now, I don't mean this in some, you know, oh, we got to get together and work together. I'm not talking some BS kumbaya, let's all get along sort of a way. Okay. Uh, I mean that in a very tactical, very practical, very strategic sort of way. If we are going to save our country in order to save our country, we absolutely must break free of group think. We must break free of group think and overcome the tendency to demonize anyone who disagrees with us on any point. So if you don't, you don't wear the same clothes I wear, you don't go to the same church I go to, whatever, then, then we can't be friends. Okay. You're not my, you're not, we're not allies. Friends, it's, we got to get past that period. We have to get past that. And if you've been with me for a while, then you may recall the most popular pad podcast from last year. All of last year, the most popular podcast was Torch Report 180, Friends in the Fight for Freedom, which, by the way, I, I searched for that in the, in the search results today. It's climbing the ranks in the search results. It's one, two, three, four, five, six down. Uh, six down in the search results, Torch Report 180, Friends in the Fight for Freedom. And I'm going to share a little excerpt here. I said in Torch Report 180, take heart, my friends. You need not go to church or profess faith to see this all through the lens of logic. In your heart, you know that you were born to be free. If you are willing to fight for freedom, then you are a force for good. You are on the right side of history. You are an ally and you will always be a friend of mind. End quote. I was really talking about, you know, if you're a Christian, would you be willing to fight alongside an atheist if they were going to fight and die for your right to believe what you believe? And similarly, if you're an atheist, would you be willing to fight alongside a Christian if they were going to fight and die for you to have the right not to believe? You see what I'm saying? We have to have friends in the fight for freedom. The point is, I don't care. I don't care if you go to church or don't go to church or whether you're a free-spirited, pot-smoking hippie or, or a hard-working American redneck. I don't care whether you're an atheist or an agnostic or a Pentecostal or a Baptist or a Mormon or a Buddhist. I don't care. I don't care so much what clothes you wear. I don't care, I don't care whether you have tattoos or, or piercings or pink hair. You know, what you do for fun and how you choose to express yourself. Hey, man, you do you. I get that. What I care about personally, I care about the content of your character. I care about your degree of respect. If you are an honest person, as opposed to being a lying shyster, if you are authentic, as opposed to being pretentious, if you are respectful, as opposed to being a pompous, arrogant, condescending ass, then we have some common ground. Honest, authentic, respectful people, we can work together. Even if we dress differently and believe differently, we can still work together, find that common ground to work together for the sake of the so-called greater good. Okay, And I use those words very lightly, but for, for, for the good of our communities, for the good of our country. What it all boils down to, friends, is the fact that there is more 
that unites us than there is that divides us. That's a fact. And I state that as a fact, though I acknowledge this is a subject that's, you know, uh, you know, highly debatable. A lot of people are going to argue with that. There's, I mean, we're so divided. Ah, da, da. Yes, our country is being ripped apart by partisan politics. Our country is being ripped apart by ideological subversion. Our country is being ripped apart by an intentionally cultivated culture war. Yes, lawlessness, corruption, and insanity abound. Yes, there are a great many people who have lost their collective freaking minds. They have succumbed to the socialist assimilation, and they are no longer thinking for themselves. This is all true, friends. Yes, our society is sick. And no, this is not by accident. The only question that really matters within this context is, how do we overcome all of this? Okay, you look out there and you see all of these things that are happening. How do we overcome this? If we're divided and fractured and, and, and fighting here and fighting there, but we're not working together, we're not ever going to overcome it. We're doomed. We lose. Checkmate. Okay, the only way that we can overcome all of this insanity, this ideological subversion, this culture war, etc., is if we come together. We have to come together. It is not optional. Again, not kumbaya, pie in the sky, BS. We have to work together as a matter of strategy, tactical, practical, you know, making it happen. It's not optional, friends. It's not optional. Just like failure is not an option. Retreating into our respective camps and our little comfort zones, that's not an option either. If we really care about the future of our country, we got to get out of our echo chambers and out of our comfort zone to find people to work together to build alliances that will fight for freedom. Okay? By the very virtue of your listening today or reading the torch report, friends, you are on the cutting edge of societal evolution. Just to, to quote the, uh, the great Maha Rushi, the legend Rush Limbaugh. Okay? And that means that you care about our country. You care about the future. You care about what's going on. And you understand what I'm saying here. I have no doubt. I don't doubt your intelligence for a second. You know, you understand that we are on a collision course. You understand that the deck is stacked against us. And you know that in order to overcome these odds, we have to work together. Friends, no matter what it looks like, no matter how dire the situation, as Americans, we must never give up. We will never give up. You know, out of my dead, lifeless fingers, they cannot pry liberty out of me. We will come together. We will form new coalitions and alliances. We will pour our time, our talent, and our resources into achieving the practical solutions. We will draw upon our grit, our tenacity, our determination, and our inspiration to push through, to persevere, to overcome all of the odds, to reclaim the reins of our once great nation. Friends, we must hold fast to the American dream and secure the blessings of liberty for future generations. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what happens, come hell or high water, the American spirit is alive and well, and it always lives in our hearts. Our flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Our flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up. 
next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. <laughs> God bless the USA. Thanks for bearing with me, friends. Let that pride well up in your heart. Uh, it will give you strength for what lies ahead, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor. Take the time. Find the heart. It's on the Substack app on the website. Click the heart. And give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, mindful, maniacal Monday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh,